0: This week's episode of Here's What I Don't Get is brought to you in part by U-Haul. U-Haul fucking you over with ridiculous charges at every turn.
1: Welcome back to Here's What I Don't Get from North to South, East to West, the only formerly Conjuring-based podcast to tackle all of life's toughest issues. I'm your host, Tim the Breaker, and with me today, as always, my good man, Ted Burt. Welcome back, everybody. Big episode 294.
0: Yeah. Getting close to the end. Um, you, you may be able to tell if you're watching the video that I'm surrounded by a bunch of whiskey, so either I'm at a bar or I'm in my own home for the first time in forever. So, uh, surrounded
1: by whiskey. I mean, odds are you're at home surrounded by whiskey. (laughs) I got
0: this cool map of Tulsa. Um, I got this bottle right here. The leaper's fork, uh, bourbon that tastes like a
1: bigotity. Now only if the bottle looked like one, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'll I'll call them and talk to them about it. (laughs) Maybe see what we can do. Um,
0: Boy, what a week it's been. So Friday night, uh, we, so we recorded Thursday, I posted the show late Thursday. Uh, Friday night, I went and toured a place in here in town. Saturday morning, I had an email that said that my application was accepted. So Sunday, I cool. drove back. Saturday night late, I drove back to Tulsa, loaded a truck on Sunday, drove up here on Monday, unloaded a truck, and uh, that was one of the worst ideas I've ever had. Yeah, yeah, but, it was uh, uh, not a lot of fun. It was a grueling weekend. It's the only yeah. way that that could possibly be described. The uh, the <laughs> so you know I rented a U-Haul to do this, but this twenty six foot long U-Haul. And the first half of the truck I packed, and it's like immaculate, just everything's floor to ceiling, yep. lined up. <laughs> uh, and then and then some, which of the people... which
1: kind of sucked because we got to that point in the truck after doing everything else, and then uh-huh. it's like. Why is the, why is the back half of the truck? Like there's so much more stuff in here.
0: Yeah. Just think about it. The whole truck could have been like that. So anyway, yeah. uh, yeah, not everything ended up making it, which was kind of disappointing, but it is what it is. I'll get it figured out. But one of the things you got,
1: you got a good majority
0: of it. Oh, I got like 95% of it. Uh, yeah. one of the things that really annoyed me though was you know, everybody who's ever rented a U haul, they always give it to you and they go, Oh, yeah, you got to return it with seven eighths of a tank or five eighths mm-hmm. of a tank or three eighths of a tank or some yeah. ridiculous measurement that's not on the fucking. Uh, gas gauge. You know, you rent a car from a rental car company, and this isn't even an issue. This is just this is a bonus. You rent a, a, a car from a rental car company, and the rule is bring it back with a full tank,
1: a full tank. Not even that anymore any these days.
0: Sometimes, yeah, you bring it back and you just pay a fuel surcharge. But, but yeah, you pick up a, tr- a car that has a full fuel tank, and you mm-hmm. return a car with a full fuel tank, or a pre you've already paid for the, the yeah. final fuel tank, whatever yeah. the case may be. But fucking you all, they give you this weird metric you can't see. So my truck was supposed to be a, uh, at three eighths of a tank. We finished unloading Monday evening. I went and parked the truck at some grocery store that's nearby. uh, Tuesday morning, got up and went to breakfast, got the truck, Took it back to U-Haul and on the way back to U-Haul, I went and filled it up and I did the thing you do when you fill up a U-Haul and you have to hit some arbitrary metric that they've set. And I had the thing pumping. I had the key in the ignition. I was watching the needle go up. Now, this Mm -hmm. is a gas gauge that has three markers on it. Can you guess what those three (laughs) marks
1: could be, Tim, off the top of Uh, your head? Off the top of my head. uh, Let's go full, halfway and empty.
0: Uh, Okay. It has five marks then. Because <laughs> it has full, empty, half, and a quarter, and three quarter, and three mark. quarters. Sure. So to get to three eighths, being that I took uh, middle school mathematics, yeah, I have to go slightly above the quarter tank mark, but not all the way to the half tank mark. Yeah. So I I watch it. I make sure that needle gets fully on above the quarter tank line, and then I drive about five hundred feet to the U-Haul dealership. Turned the truck into what can only be described as the start of a comedy scene because the guy checking the trucks in was walking with a cane, and it took him about forty-five seconds to walk from the tail of the truck to the cab of the truck.
1: Oh, here's the thing though you didn't you didn't get to see the other side of that walk. Yeah, I w- did, which is from a car to the U-Haul truck. Yes, but also including a bit where he dropped his cane.
0: Oh my God. I wish you had filmed that. That is, that sounds hilarious. (laughs) Uh, yeah. So that was frustrating, um, to deal with that guy, but no big deal. Uh, we went and did some other stuff for the rest of that day. And then I dropped you and trucking and tucking off at a car rental agency where you rented a car and I'm sure it had a full tank of gas. And I, on my way back to, uh, my house. I was checking my bank account balance and I saw this charge for U-Haul for $84 that went through the same day. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And then I, I, I saw that I had got an email from them a receipt for your transaction, which I assume was just another receipt of my whole yeah.
1: or- order. Now, now that you're done
0: now that I'm done. So then I went back and found that email and opened it up and it's a, it's an invoice for a $30 fuel surcharge for not filling up their fucking tank. And nine gallons of gas, which in a 50-gallon tank is about 20% of the tank. Mm -hmm. So I happen to be driving by this exact same U-Haul dealership. And I pull in and I go in and I pull up the invoice on my phone. I'm like, yeah, I'm just trying to understand because I'm I'm looking at the invoice and they put a little highlight on there where you've brought the tank back at. And they're saying I brought the tank back at one eighth, which would be well below the quarter mark, Mm -hmm. which there's no way I could have burnt that much fuel in 500 feet. So I, I'm like, I think there must be a mistake because number one, um, that gas gauge doesn't have an eighth mark on it. It has only a quarter, a half and a three quarter mark. And I was well above the quarter mark. So someone might've looked at that and thought that it was only an eighth and not, uh, but I tried to be friendly about it. They ended up, they didn't even really look at it. They just refunded me the money, which kind of made me then start to think, Oh, they do this to everyone. They do this to everyone. It's a scam. And they hope that you're just like, ah, whatever.
1: Yeah, I'm all done with now. Like, the hard part's done with now. I'm not going to bother dealing with this.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to bother dealing with this $84. And I was happy to have them explain to me why I was an idiot, but... I and I was waiting for them to be like do you have your contract and I was like ah shit I left I don't have my contract my contracts at home so I wouldn't be able to go prove that I was supposed to be at three-eighths of a tank and if they had already put nine gallons in it like what am I gonna say it was oh yeah I was down here but yeah so I was was kind of annoyed by that those fuckers you've already gotten my money that's that's you you got it you win (laughs) fuckers um
1: so other than that how was your week how was your drive back uh, drive back was pretty cool. Uh, we stopped by the like, giant fireworks, uh, warehouse that was in, um, uh, in Missouri. So they, they sold like bottle rockets, which you can't buy here. Um, no, no. Yeah. They're illegal to sell here unless you're on uh reservation land. Yeah. You have to go find a fireworks spot on reservation land or go out of state to get bottle rockets. So we bought a bunch of bottle rockets. <laughs> um, we bought some stuff that <laughs> is hopefully, uh, in a little less than a year, we're going to shoot them at each other. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, we. this wasn't for any certain event. It was, um, you know, we're just stocking up for next year. Uh, I know it's real early and it's only been about a week, but, yeah. uh, tell it's tr- never
0: too late. Tell trucking and tucking to get like a, something that seals and something to keep all that shit dry for the year. That way we don't end up with a bunch of duds. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, we also got a couple of, uh hopefully things that um can match up to the finale we did this year the finale of the we had that UFO thing oh yeah yeah we found we we got all the um spinny things they had to try and chase it, chasing the high of a firework chasing that we the high had man. so many years ago. Ten, like 10 years ago now?
0: Yeah, next year we're blowing up four microwaves at the same time, stacked oh, on yeah. top of one another. Mm-hmm. All the fuses come out, we'll t- tape them all together. You so see, you
1: light them and just. Oh, sh- yeah.
0: poof, and it'll be great. And the
1: year after that, we're going to the moon <laughs> to blow a microwave up there.
0: Oh, we're going to blow a microwave up in space. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. so for people who couldn't gather it, Tim and Truckin and Tuckin both drove up here and helped unload because they are A-plus guys. I honestly don't think it could have gotten all this done without you because it was just me and my friend who lives out here Mm -hmm. for the first hour or so, and we got quite a bit done, but then we started getting like heavy pieces of furniture, and I was pretty worn down from a day of loading and loading out a show.
1: And it being 102 degrees outside. Yeah,
0: and it being miserable. And And, then the next day, it was
1: nice. It was, um, but we were also like, we were in the direct path of the sun the entire time. Yeah. So uh,
0: for people wondering where I ended up moving, I, I uh, actually, I'm renting Andy's air compressor. I live yeah. inside of it. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, he's not only is Andy a bigger man, but he has a bigger air compressor. So, <laughs> uh, but uh Yeah. That was a that was a really really fun weekend, and by fun weekend I mean terrible. Tuesday yeah. I was I was so stiff and sore, and then yesterday yeah. I woke up and I was finally like feeling a lot better and closer to myself. Went and had to work early, and then worked today.
1: Yeah, that was that's what Wednesday Wednesday was like for me. Uh, just the legs down, you know, it was just waist I guess waist down, uh, just aching. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, I just want to say thank you again for your help, Tim, in front of everyone. Yeah, no problem. Uh, but uh, let's get into some issues. And uh, so I think I get to go first this week. All Here's right. what I don't get the Four Corners. You know, that place where Arizona, Utah, New Mexico, yeah. and Colorado meet. Well, number one, the little placard of where those meet that you go, the little place you see, it's like yeah. fully in Arizona. It's not anywhere near the fucking actual border. Uh, okay. So, so that's a huge scam. You lying. That's a fucks. lie. Yeah. That's. <laughs> uh, so that that's one thing. But all but no, what I'm actually talking about is so in mythology, there's a, or in in comics, if you consider comics mythology, there's always like. This divine weapon or thing that we that uh, we we defeated the bad guy and we took the crest of his family and split it apart and spread it to the four corners of the globe that way they could never be reunited and he could be, you know, destroyed. And let me tell like, you, something. like the, the Dragon Balls, the Dragon Balls, yeah. And then and then yeah. w- inevitably, what happens, or the the episode of of uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation, the Gambit, where they're going after that like ultimate Vulcan weapon, and it's in mm, all those yeah. pieces. So, what always ends up happening is someone goes on a quest, finds all the pieces, put him puts yeah. the Galder amulet back together, de- defeats all the Galder uh, brothers, and now has. This amulet that gives you like plus plus ten percent magica stamina and health, and you're like, ah, that was kind of a worthless treasure for how much it's built up in the mythology. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you something: um, I've got a way better way to scatter a thing like that so that it is absolutely never found, mm-hmm. and that is to pack it, pack it into a random number of boxes, and ship it a few hundred miles away. <laughs> They'd be lost forever. No point in yep. scattering to the four corners. Uh, we broke apart the Hitler's crest, put it in six different boxes, and then moved to the next town over. Couldn't find one of the pieces. I guess it's lost forever. There's no riddle that will solve this one. You're just fucked right in the ass. And you know what yeah. we're going to gonna do next? We're going to take all the, the last three pieces we have. We're going to pack those into new boxes and move them to the next city over. And you do that four or five times, and the thing is just fucking lost into the other realm where nothing will ever find it again. And that's, that's where you are. And that's where I am. That's where I live right now. It's just (laughs) all my shit is theoretically in this house. It's supposed Uh, to be, it's supposed to be, but I keep running into things where I can't like find something last night. I'm unpacking the bar and I get like all the, all the, all my liquor was brought here in liquor boxes, which I Mm -hmm. know is a crazy concept. Uh, And so I'm, like going through all these liquor boxes and I'm thinking I have, there's a box missing. I I like, I have a mental inventory of what's supposed to be here. And there's a box that has like two different varieties of Jameson in it that I know I'm missing. I'm missing my Blantons. I'm missing like in my head, I'm going down this list of all the, my Centauri whiskey. I'm missing all these things. And it's like, these could all fit in one box if they were together. So where the fuck did this box go? And Ended up having to look all around and discovered that it somehow got put into uh, my closet for absolutely no reason. Weird. Yeah, and uh, and so I was happy about that, but then I also have my little bar mat. It's one of those silicone mats that has all the little stubs in it and it yeah. catches drip off for when you're making drinks. And I wanted to put that up on here because... My idea is I have these two great big shelves full of whiskey. They're kind of separated by type now, um, and they're all faced. So you can see everything on there. It's not just me going like, oh, shit, I forgot that I had a bottle of uh, bullet rye over here. And now I I need to, like, drink this bullet rye. I, I shouldn't have bought another bottle of it. And, but then the center is going to be like my prep station. So if people are over like watching TV in this other room or out in, in the backyard. I can come in here with a little bucket of ice and my shaker and make some drinks, put them on one of my multiple serving trays and take them wherever and distribute them to people. And so I want to have my little stippled mat there so that I can have all of my shit not get wet and gross. And so uh, that ended up not not in the box of bar tools, not in any of the kitchen stuff, not with the my my ice making trays that are supposed to make clear ice that don't work. It didn't end up with any of my like kitchen tools of any kind, not in any of the booze boxes. I have no fucking idea where the stippled mat is. Oh, you still haven't found it yet still have not found it and i've just i huh. ended up just going down and opening boxes and kind of digging and looking in there to see if maybe it just got thrown in the bottom of something or on top of something seems to have been lost forever <laughs> so i guess i'll have to buy another one of those but then as soon as like that amazon package will arrive and i'll open it and both fucking mats will be in it <laughs> it'll,
1: That's it'll we'll be with, a, with a note from amazon that says hey we found your mat
0: here it is. Yeah, it was out in the middle of the road on 44. It's crazy. <laughs> it's a good thing you wrote your name on it for some reason. Yep. It, ah, it's just so beyond irritating not to know where anything is. And like ideally, I would, in an ideal world, I would have moved into this house and I would have started work like next week. Yeah. Instead of having been working for the last month and, and now moving, because only now, able
1: to move a couple hours after work every day.
0: Yeah, I'm going to be like shuffling through this stuff for the next two or three weeks as at I at least, dis- yeah. D- and plus, plus, then there's that whole thing where you know, you move into a new place and you've got, um, you have like your furniture and curtains and stuff from the last place you lived, but it doesn't like transfer over one to one. Maybe this piece yep. is too big or awkward, or maybe you decided to get rid of your sofa at some one point and now you have no sofa. So I'm going to be playing that game for the next month. <laughs> of being like, well, what, how am I going to store all my pots and pans in this kitchen that doesn't have a lot of cabinets? The pantry is obviously great to put all the like food supplies in, but where, where am I going to put all this stuff? And then deciding, like, oh, I need to buy, like, a little uh, roll-around rack for them or or hang hooks on the walls and hang everything. So it's just going to be this long, massive trial and error of moving. But I think I'm done. I don't I don't want to fucking move again. I think I'm just going to go ahead and commit to this job for the rest of my life and uh, just live here. It's fine. I'll just live in Andy's air compressor. Sure, every uh, night at 1135, it kicks on, and the air pressure in here gets almost unbearable, not to mention mm-hmm. the noise but, uh, that's fine. Also, here's a funny story, Tim, Tim, you've been on down the street. How would you describe my street? Uh, in what way? Just like your general impressions. If you were going to write like a little, a little real estate blurb to try and sell someone on moving to this house, how would you describe the street?
1: Uh, let's see. Um, air compressor lane is a (laughs) small, uh, I don't know. It's a, it's, it's small. Like, I mean, and it, that's the first word I would use. Yeah. It's, it's it's small and like tucked away, tucked
0: away. Yeah.
1: Uh, Um,
0: anything else that, that like someone would be reading a listing and go like, Oh, I want to live in a neighborhood. That's like that. That's, uh, maybe, maybe quiet. Does the word quiet come to mind? Oh,
1: sure. Yeah. Well, guess what? Uh, not really. (laughs) I mean, about there's a lot of dogs US, on
0: that street about thirty u s marshals just this morning six thirty in the morning busted my neighbors for who the fuck knows what marched <laughs> nine people out the door in handcuffs
1: <laughs> amazing yeah I think they might have mixed uh, them up with me yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh they were all like laying in the in the flower beds and shit with their rifles and whatnot it was wild It was some wild stuff
1: amazing
0: yeah you guys, uh, been, you guys should have stayed another night. You have been should like, have stayed another night. Yeah. yeah,
1: that um, wow. Yeah, um, I. So speaking of uh, air compressor lane, uh, it 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 baffled my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, just all of St. Louis because I've I've driven through I've got I've driven through there a couple of times before. But you're only usually, but usually it's just the major highways, and you're just sort of like skirting around around it, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, you you punch can see a little bit of middle. downtown. Punch it, yeah. You punch through the middle. You can see downtown. You can see the arch, and it's like wow, there's a there's that stadium, and there's a lot of graffiti on this side of town, uh, and then you you go on through. But um, you give us a little bit of like a, a tour, mm-hmm. um, and I could not tell. Like here in here uh, in Oklahoma, you can really like you can really tell like um, the differences in like uh, property, like uh, average property values of a street. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can you can like tell like, oh, you shouldn't go down that street. Uh, half the buildings there are condemned. And then, you know, two streets over, you know, you've got like, you know, 1.5 million dollar McMansions because that's just how it is here. Um, but like, there's a clear divide in like the look of places. Tulsa is very clear Um, about having like,
0: this is an area you don't go to. Yeah. Versus St. Louis. It'll be like, this street's not great, but the next street over is pretty all right. And then the street over from that is a back to
1: not great. Yeah, and it all but it all blends together because it's an old city and all the buildings there were built before 1905 or something like that. Um everything's made out of brick. Um like no questions asked. There there are no buildings there that aren't made out of brick. Uh and so everything looks the same. Um and all the streets are very small. There are no big streets. Um and uh like everything's smushed together. Everything is also like taller because, because you know, all the houses are thin, but tall. Mm -hmm. They don't have attached garages. Uh, They have it, you know, at least two floors. Um, And they also have no concept of a grid system.
0: No, there's no grid system at all.
1: No, no grid system. There's no, there's, there's not a single straight line on the map of St. Louis.
0: Yeah. I got lost today trying to get to work. Thinking I bet. like, I can, I can just drive to work without uh-huh. Google maps. I was incorrect. Getting How home, many weeks in? No yeah. problem. <laughs> well, no, uh, specifically from here. It's, I know, I know where my work is. It's yeah. the, the problem was getting from here to there, like there's yeah. like, uh, that fog of war in video games where I haven't like discovered this portion of the map yet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well,
1: uh, how's your, um, how's, uh, how's your car going? How's your car doing?
0: I haven't, there's no update.
1: No, I mean, I mean, how is it, um, acclimating to all of the smoke that you're, (laughs) now you're having to smoke in your car. Yeah. I, well,
0: I'm trying to cut down now that I'm not dealing with the stress of not knowing where to fucking live. Um, so I'm down to just two packs a day. I was doing five there for a little while. Uh, that is, that is funny. And, and. It's it's a different type of city. It's way different from the, from Tulsa. I guess it's every city is different. different from one another, and you yeah. kind of grow used to one, and then
1: I did like when we ran through downtown because it was a humongous, yeah. Uh, but B, like because all those old buildings are old, like they're cool and not you know modern. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's one
0: of the things I like about here versus Tulsa is there's a lot of these little housing developments in Tulsa where they decided we're going to build 60 homes in this like a mile square. And so we, they designed 12 homes and they just copy pasted them a hundred times. And in St. Louis, that is not there. There are copy pasted homes, but they're like brick or they were built a hundred years ago. And so they've kind of evolved a little bit. So they will be like the same skeleton, but they'll end up as very different houses And I think that's because largely everything was built before the world war two stuff was made to last. Whereas the things that are built now, like to pass an inspection for zoning in Oklahoma, you only have to use materials that are, that will stay, keep their structural integrity for 20 years. It's like, there's a new hotel downtown. That's where the YMCA used to be. Mm -hmm. And it's made out of wood in downtown Tulsa a wood building <laughs> like that's, uh, uh, unbelievable to me. Yeah. Um, buildings in downtown should be made of stone or steel, steel or yeah. glass,
1: <laughs> uh,
0: or, a you know, wooden building, pure crack cocaine. Yeah. It's a, it's a wooden structured building with just, I sound siding in a, and facade, hardboard. So facade. it's so that,
1: it's so, that it's so that 20 years later, once it's condemned, the hovas that move in, it, it'll be super easy for them to, uh, let it go up in flames. Yeah. But, um,
0: yeah. So anyway, my stuff's all scattered all around. I've gone through this too many times to count. And, um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to going through a lot of these boxes and like, cause some of this stuff was, has was in storage for the last year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to going through and like figuring out what's what and putting that stuff away. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm already kind of rearranging. I had to rearrange the bar. It's on a different wall than uh, maybe. Maybe I had already moved it over to this wall before you guys left. I think, yeah, you moved it. Yeah. Um, and so I'm kind of. I'm looking forward to that in some ways, and in some ways, it's just like, please God, kill me now. <laughs> but um, everybody will be happy to know Vice President Reacher is completely settled in. He does not give a single fuck about. Any I mean, of this. he's got his. He's got his stuff. Yeah. All his stuff made it. No problem.
1: All his stuff made it. You're there. He's got huge windows to people watch. Yeah. He seems to love.
0: So I have like a a narrow covered front porch and then the bedroom windows look out on the front porch and the, Mm -hmm. the front room windows look out on the front porch, which I like because you get the joy of having a window and the house face wet faces West, but because it has an overhang and then there's trees and stuff, I don't really get direct sun. So it doesn't get too hot. And he loves hanging out in that window, just like watching the people walk by, cars yeah. go by, SWAT team members storm into houses. He's, I mean, he's all about it. <laughs> uh, I
1: hope you get to see more of that.
0: I hope I don't. I'd really prefer not really? to have bullets flying in my general vicinity.
1: Yeah.
0: You mess with the crab. What are you going to do?
1: You know, what are you going to stab- do?
0: I'm going to open fire back be on the news. St. Yep. Louis man kills a U.S. Marshal firing back through his front window after a bullet strikes his begonias. You sons <laughs> of bitches. <laughs> well, what's your first I just issue planted in? those.
1: Uh, here's what I don't get. Owning material goods.
0: Uh, How far were we into unloading the truck before you came up with this issue? Um, 70%. Okay. Was it when you picked up the box of Blu-rays?
1: Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's what it was. I picked up your box of, of, uh, movies and it made me reconsider my entire life. Yeah. (laughs) I just got that, that, um, Tunnel vision from uh, Ratatouille, that Hitchcock, or, or oh, yeah, right, the right, right, Hitchcock. Yep, either uh, a Hitchcock zoom or that Ratatouille tunnel vision into the mind of like, well, because uh, you know I've been um, doing some rearranging here and there, and I've been trying to get rid of a bunch of old stuff. Um, uh, which sucks because you have for big stuff you have to call you have to call it in mm-hmm. here and it's like yeah we're it's going to be 15 bucks we'll set a date um you put it out on the curb and we'll come pick it up but you 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 have to tell us ahead of time what you're putting down oh. you can't just put whatever you want cuz then they w- they will exactly not pick up the added stuff yeah um but also you know i just started like getting into you know um physical collecting. Media. Some, yeah physical not you know certain types of physical media. Right. I haven't had, I haven't been getting Blu-rays often just because like, you know, I'll either go see the movie in the theaters. And if I see it in theaters and like it enough, um, you know, I'll give it a, I'll give it a rent once it comes out to digital. And, you know, I, lo- I know a lot of people really like to have their favorite stuff, um, and you know, either watch it or play it or whatever it is, over, read it over and over and over. And I think, I think everyone wants to do that. I'm just one of those people that also that does want to do that, but like never gets around to it. Yeah. Cause you know, when someone asks me like, Hey, what's your favorite movies? And I can list them. I can list them off, but it's like, when's the last time I watched any of them?
2: That's a fair point. Even my
1: favorite, even my favorite ones that I have on physical media, I'm not watching them once a year, unless it's rhinestone.
0: uh, there's a bunch of movies that I like physical media that I have watched like once a year because they're, that are my favorites. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like my fair lady, I probably watch not quite once a year, but every couple of years. Um, but like independence day, I watch it every year and I have it Mm -hmm. on Blu-ray DVD, 4k Blu-ray, not VHS though.
1: But see, like that's real easy to do because you have that attached to a a specific day, a specific holiday.
0: Um, Same thing with like V for Vendetta, Die Hard. Like there, there are movies Mm -hmm. that I kind of watch the same time of year, uh, every Uh, year.
1: You know, I think I've seen, you know, a lot of the slasher movies, the, you know, the Jasons, the Freddys, the, Mm -hmm. um, Michaels, uh, a lot more than I have some of my other favorite movies just because they're associated with Halloween and Halloween. I always watch a lot of horror movies then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I picked up that box and it was just like, it was, it's just your movies. That's all it was. Yeah. And you know, we're, we, we're out in the sun and we've been doing it for hours and I'm just like, I I got to rethink my life. I don't, I don't want to be doing this, you know, in a few years. It sucks. Um, and you know, I, I've got less movies than you do. Yeah. Uh,
0: but you have also maybe, have other stuff.
1: So maybe if I, if I like took all the movies in my family's mm-hmm. entertainment, system maybe would we'll be get a lot closer but i also have um like you like you also had your star trek books right all of your star trek books yeah because you have hundreds literally hundreds of them yeah we're in these two giant boxes four giant boxes forge sorry yeah um i'm the same way like i've got all these books that you know i read them once and liked them or even loved them but you know it's it's i don't know are you it's gonna get back uh to? When are you going Whenever you ever? When are you ever gonna get back to him? Um,
0: I think the definite. If I ever move again, the definite thing I'm going to do is throw a big party and drink down all the whiskey. Because <laughs> uh, that's one thing. Like, okay, yeah, I've got like a hundred five or six bottles on this bar now. I need to recount. Uh, that's cool. It's like it's a it's a milestone. Um, yeah. I, I like drinking them. I like sharing them. I like looking at them and. And talking about them. Um, But, you know, that's 104, 750 milliliter bottles of uh, alcohol. So that just the glass alone, like that's a fixed weight, (laughs) disregarding what the liquid content is to add up that heat. I mean, it ended up being like 12 or 13 boxes liquor boxes to get all, all of just the whiskey. Plus I still have three boxes of miscellaneous stuff, vodka, gin, cognac, triple sec. That's, that's still over here that doesn't even have a place on this bar that I have to figure out like, what the fuck am I going to do with this stuff? Where am I going to put it? And I'm thinking that I'm going to have like the bar. uh, Well, I'll have another shelf across the room where I have all that stuff and like my cigars and things like that, that, I can go over to and just grab the one or two things that I need and bring them over to this yeah. prep.
1: You collect, you collect whiskey the way I collect um, uh, comic books Yeah, um, in that uh, like you've got like the, the core, like sort, let's say like core, like distilleries or brands where they put out anything and you're like, I, I'm i going to buy it. Yeah, Right. Um, Or I'll at least try anything, you know, Jameson makes or whatever. Right. Um, I'm the same thing with like, you know, writers and artists. And then there's all the stuff that you've collected. That's like, Oh, that looks kind of neat. Let me try that. Or, um, you're like, Oh, this is like a, uh, an old, uh, brand that is rare. And I, somehow I came across it and I've never been able to try it before. Yeah. I got to get that now. Like when's the next time I'm going to be able to get it like this bottle? Yes. Slap. Something
0: has a. (laughs) <laughs> slap dick agave whiskey so if the fact that the that the whiskey wasn't called slap dick wasn't enough it's it's made with agave nectar or it's flavored with agave nectar mm-hmm. but i saw that name and i thought oh, i gotta buy that and then it's a made with real it's a real agave whiskey and i thought okay well that's that's different than everything Anything else that else. i have yeah. so yeah. let me i now i want to try it and I, it's it's fine um yeah but so now this is like just on the shelf with all the other Taking American whiskeys. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Like if I do a little turn, I think, or squat, maybe on video, you can see like i got a bunch of here behind me mm-hmm. and like these guys here are the, and that's the other thing is the, like you don't collect, um, the like singles of whiskey, right? No. The little one shotters. Yeah. How many how many bottles of whiskey do you have that are even half bottles, like a 350 mil?
0: None. I think I've bought one of those one time. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um I you know, I like I like the big fat hardcover. Yeah, of course. The you know, omnibus size. Yeah, the bigger the better, right? Um And I'm I mean, it's it just it just weighed on me when I when we were helping you move. It was like you know, you, you know, it's, it's, it's all stuff that you like and enjoy. You know, you have all your Lego, um, that was a lot of, you know, what we were moved. Well, it's and, a um, large number of boxes. Yes. A large, large, large number of boxes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just, I know it kind of got me thinking about like, what do I really want to keep, um. And becoming a minimalist—I mean, I yeah—I think there's well, that's the other that's the other end of the spectrum, and that end of the spectrum is almost as annoying. Yeah, as being being a minimalist, where you like,
0: I. So I I think you know part of it is definitely like there's there's an aspect of hoarding that runs in my family, and I think oh same I I look at some of these things that I I keep and I go uh, am I like holding on to these things for the sake of Mm -hmm. holding on to them. Yeah. But I think I justify to myself, I guess that I, at least 90% of them are functional in some way. Like, yeah, I have too many chairs or I have all these shelves and I just keep buying more of the whiskey. Um, for the most part, I'm not holding on to like trash, Mm-hmm. I'm holding on to something for a reason. Like I have, yes, I yeah. keep all of the boxes for when I buy a Lego set and build it. I then flat stack the boxes and stack them inside another big Lego box mm-hmm. until that one becomes too full to carry. And then I start the whole process <laughs> over again. And I keep all the manuals, but. That does come in handy because every so often one gets like knocked off a shelf and, and breaks and you are like, oh, let me put this back together. Or I decide to rotate out what's on a shelf with something that's like packed away in storage and now I have to rebuild yeah. it. Um, So, you know, I, a lot of that hoarder show, I think that hoarder show was kind of a detriment to people in that most of what they showed yeah. was people who yep. like collected, oh the, yeah, I have my bathroom extreme. is shoulder deep in used diapers that I can't yeah. throw away because I'm a lunatic. And you watch that show and you go like this person's an, an idiot. This They're like killing themselves with this and they, they don't get it through. And then you don't stop to think about like, why, why do you keep buying Lego sets, building them, partially disassembling them, putting them in Ziploc bags, putting them in a cardboard box and then never thinking about them again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know i the other thing i that i don't want is i don't want to end up being one of those guys where you get married and then you just all your stuff gets put in a storage unit forever mm-hmm. and so if you to me if you don't have like enough of a reason to own something or if there's not a function you're going to get shot down on those kinds of things yeah. unless you can find a woman who's like a completely blank slate and will just accept <laughs> whatever hobbies you maintain yourself
1: um but yeah, that would be nice. Um that was part of the, the rethinking process for me too. You know, you've got your whiskey and you know it's nice to, you know, um come home after a hard day of work, pour yourself a nice glass of whiskey, be able to choose, you know, it's not just whatever swill the local bar has on tap. Yeah. You know. Um it's also in the safety of your own home, you know. You're not going to the local bar and downing whatever swill they have. Um you know, hour after hour, um, you can do it in the comfort of your own home, you know, and I like to, you know, you know, it's nice to, uh, to come home after hard days work for me and, uh, you know, you know, do a little reading. Yeah. And have something to, you know, have a bunch of stuff to choose from.
0: Yeah. That's, I think what I like, I like that feeling more than the actual drinking is the, like looking at over everything yeah. and deciding yeah, like what is going to be, the perfect fit for what you're, for how you're feeling. And and then I kind of, I think about, um, you know, trucking and tucking, he built his nine bottle bar using three bottles that you suggested three Mm -hmm. bottles that he chose and three bottles that I chose. And he ended up with this like great mix of bourbons and Irish whiskey and scotch. And so you can make literally any cocktail you know, with any type of whiskey, uh, this one takes rye. I've got it. This one takes Canadian. I've got it. And he has the benefit of if he sees one of those nine types on sale, he just buys it knowing that he'll get to it. Eventually he's not stocking two sets of shelves, almost completely full of random bottles of this and that. And because that's the other thing, like I have these bottles like this one that I tried, I tried this at a bar Um, it's awful. It's one of the worst whiskeys I've ever had. And yet I own this sealed bottle of backstage whiskey Uh, Yeah, that I bought. I don't know how long ago, um, Mm -hmm. on, it was it was on a clearance rack. So it was like $8. I didn't don't like the whiskey. I'm never going to open it to serve to anyone. It's swill. So it's not like, you know, people will buy bottles like Blanton's or, EH Taylor and leave them si- sealed and then sell them in 15 years for a huge markup. Yeah. It's not going to be worth anything in 15 years. It's going <laughs> to still just be this bot this like, oh, uh, you bought a backstage whiskey because you work backstage places. That's uh, yeah. that's kind of clever. and and but so like why am I carrying this around? This one has no purpose on this bar other than because I wouldn't serve it yeah. to anyone either wouldn't be like, oh, you gotta try this. <laughs> Like I, I only give people whiskey that I think that they will like based on the stuff that they have tried before,, yeah. or, or something that I like that I want to see if they, they'll like it. Uh, and I know nobody who likes Southern whiskey.
1: I guess Uncle Buck
0: might like mm-hmm.
1: it. <laughs> but but yeah. like, like that one, you know, I, I can see, you know, you, you, the argument you make for that one is like, I mean, it means something to me.
0: It, Even yeah. only, you know, a little bit. There's a whole big story to go with that bottle. So yeah. I guess there is something there. But uh, yeah, you become a stoic, like Kung, the Kung Fu guy, just the sell Kung everything, guy, yeah. wander the streets. Oh, I, always, I
1: always thought you were talking about... Uh, Jackie uh, Chan. You know, No, uh, you know, wrapping a, a cord around my neck and... <laughs> <laughs>
0: Killing yourself, doing that thing, yeah. that exercise deal where you have the garden hose and you just kind of spin it in your hands. <laughs> Boy, I
1: forgot about that. <laughs> uh, what a weird thing.
0: It was a weird thing. Um, that's a great issue, Tim. I um, I wish you all the best in trying to decide what is, what is worth keeping and what is not worth keeping. But um, yeah. that brings us to the middle of our episode, which means it's time for... This episode is brought to you in part by... The Rakeda News Network. Definitely not fake news. Well, Tim, what news do we have today?
1: Uh, Our first news story comes from Hollywood. There is a hot new uh, TV series into movie reboot coming out this year. Uh, The trailer for it just came out. And uh, Tab, if you could click play on that link I sent you.
0: Here we go.
3: 1,000 Corpses, Halloween,
1: and the Devil's Rejects brings you the greatest love story ever told.
3: Oh, I, I don't like the sound of that. The brain of a super genius transplanted into the body of a perfect physical specimen. <laughs>
2: I want a man that makes my blood run cold, a man that every time he
1: enters
0: my crypt
1: it's like a stake through my dead, black heart.
0: I can whip the up a humpy down in the land. Oh, no. Remember
1: what happened last time?
4: He was
0: bad.
1: I'm going to go. OK. I'm
0: looking for a vision. A queen.
1: True love.
0: And what exactly do you want?
1: Is Herman Munster in there?
4: Oh.
0: No! Uh-huh.
1: I knew the moment I laid eyes on you that you were special. I understand if you don't feel the same. I'm just a regular gal living a boring, normal life.
3: If there's one thing I know, is that the rest of the world melted
4: away. As soon as you appeared in my life. It seems Miss Lily is truly in love. Oh, come on, you know and I know. that we gotta get rid of that bozo, Herman
2: Munster. (laughs) (laughs) Pennsylvania.
4: That's a strange way of saying hello. Oh, I guess we're gonna have to get used to it.
1: um, That looks like a funnier die. It looks worse than a funnier die sketch. It looks like they gave Neil Breen about five thousand extra dollars for his next movie, (laughs) and he he got he somehow got the rights to the monsters.
0: I'm truly perplexed and confused as to what the hell even is happening there. I'm confused as to why they let Rob zombie do it. And it, I, it it doesn't look like Rob zombie movie though. So I guess that's a compliment, but it looks like it was made (laughs) by 14 year olds, like in the park.
1: Yeah. Uh, there's some terrible CG in it. Um, it looks like everyone is arrested development, Was it season five or was it season four where they had to green screen all the actors together? Oh, four where, yeah, where nobody was in the same room at the same time. Yeah, Yeah, it looks a lot of it looks like that. Um, Oh, boy. I don't know about you, but I grew up watching that show. I
0: didn't um, because The Monsters was stupid and terrible when it was on, (laughs) and I thought that it was fucking lame. And one of my favorite things about The Monsters... Is the movie Pet Cemetery where Herman Munster yeah. get his kid gets his Achilles, tendon gets his sliced Achilles by tendon a child sliced. and then murdered. Yeah. yeah. Uh that's a
1: great scene. <laughs>
0: I wish I wish that my cousin Vinny had ended with someone bursting into the courtroom and shotgun blasting in the face Herman Munster to death. Because mm-hmm. he's a huge piece of shit in that movie. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I I, I'm starting to think about it. I don't like the actor that plays Herman Munster. I don't like the Munsters. The whole fucking thing is stupid. I'd much rather watch the Adams family, which is good.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The, the Munsters is great value. Adams family. <laughs> sure. Sure.
1: Yeah. I don't disagree with you on that.
0: Uh, the lady, I don't Mrs. mm Munster. Mm-hmm. Not attractive at all. Well, that's because it's Rob Zombie's wife. Well, uh, not like Morticia Adams who's a smoke show. Yeah. Yeah. I, that is, I mean, this, I mean,
1: the, the, whatever the Netflix movie of this would have been, would have been 10 times better.
0: Oh yeah. This looks like an asylum film. Yeah. We're releasing the, uh, from, from 20th century Fox studios, the Adams family is back. And then for the, from the asylum, the
1: Munsters 2022 reborn. It looks worse than the TV movies.
0: Like the back TV when. Munsters in the Munsters movies?
1: Yeah. In the, well, in the early 90s, they did a bunch of old sitcom TV movie reboots, you know? Yeah. the Brady Bunch, and it, 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 there was a Monsters one. Um, those look better than this. I'd rather watch AIDS just slowly <laughs> eat
0: someone to death, like in <laughs> Philadelphia, than. Yeah. Than that. Holy uh, shit. Well,
1: our next news story. Uh, Is about Elon Musk, kind of. Uh, Guess what, Elon. So Elon Musk um, is a. uh, So I I, I wanted to say that he's now a has a new family member title, but it's it's not really now. Uh, Huh. I'm trying to think of how to say this. And. Elon Musk is now a brother uncle.
0: Oh, gross.
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh, he married
0: he married someone's daughter that's his kid or something. No.
1: Elon Musk's dad, just who is 76, mm-hmm. just recently confirmed he has a secret second love child with his 35 year old stepdaughter. Okay.
0: So, how does that make Elon a a brother-uncle?
1: Because uh, it's his sister's kid making him an uncle. But it's also his dad's kid making the kid also his brother. Oh, okay. I see that. So it's less about Elon
0: Musk and more about like his cre- creepy, crazy dad.
1: Yeah. But, uh, you know, he, Elon, Elon likes to pre- like, at least the way he comes off to me is that uh, he's better than everyone else. Uh, and, he, um, okay. And especially like, you know, you know, that that's one of the immediate first immediate jokes you can make about someone that doesn't live on the um, planet Earth uh, on the coast, on the coast is, you know, uh. You're either in a, you know, northern snowy flyover state or you're in the the south where it's, you know, full of racism and incest. (laughs) And he's a, he's a brother uncle. The.
0: I don't think Elon thinks he's better than himself. To me, he's like the internet personified. So it's not so much. I think that he's like equal parts self-loathing and Mm -hmm. total hype. And that's why he does what he does. No. His Twitter bid fell through. That's unfortunate.
1: And and they're going after him to to have him go through with it or something? I don't know.
0: Yeah, they were promised How money and, and he he bailed out of it. And so now they're like, We we want that money, we want that donut money. But yeah. people speculate. But, but if if
1: you if you list a bottle of whiskey on Craigslist, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And and someone and someone's like, I'll give you 200 two hundred bucks for that bottle. Mm-hmm. And you're like, all right, I'm on my way. And then on your way, I text you and be like, I will give you 180 bucks for that bottle. But since you know me, give it to me. It's a better deal. You say, okay. And then the guy's like, hey, I'm going to sue you for not selling me that bottle of whiskey. But there was no other uh, other offer. And there's a
0: contract involved. I guess. But I there's speculation that this was intentional. Like that he intentionally didn't go through with it because he was trying to show that they are basically bolstering their numbers to like trick, uh, and maybe it'll come out in the lawsuit and maybe it'll come out in the lawsuit. Exactly. We'll see though. I don't know if I believe it or not. A lot of people believe that Trump was playing 40 chess and I think he might have just been a retard who hit the right button too many times (laughs) in a row, as opposed to like, so like people think that Trump had this 40 chess thing going on and oh, he, you know, cause he did so much right, but it's like a retard hitting a button is going to be right 50% of the time. Yeah. Whereas an evil uh, globalist hitting the button is always going to hit the wrong button intentionally.
1: Okay. Yeah. Sure, sure. So well, by comparison, of- <laughs> he looks very competent. Uh, well, speaking of whiskey, our next news story is actually about whiskey. Uh, a very specific kind of whiskey. Uh, which kind? Um, well, there's a distillery called Tamworth Distilling. Uh, they have a new whiskey called Crab Trapper. Is that from Ireland? No, it's uh, it's from New Hampshire. Oh. Um, That'd be on. And it's a whiskey that gets some of its flavor from green crabs caught off the coast of New Hampshire. Weird. Apparently, they're a, uh, an invasive pest species. Um that have been plag- plaguing uh, the area for more than 200 years. Uh, they're so abundant that uh, it's going to take a lot more, a lot of whiskey to curb the population, but they're hoping that this sort of like, you know, brings awareness to the issue. Um, They say that, uh, um, this is the quote from them. This is how you know that they are not uh, particularly uh, hopeful about the sales of this whiskey. Uh, the opening quote is: "People are gonna hear crab whiskey, and I would venture to say three quarters of them are gonna go, go, no, absolutely not.' But if you can get them to taste it, they totally change their tune for the most part. Oh, I'll taste it. Send me a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> PO Box to HWIDG, St.
0: Yeah. Louis, Missouri six three one one six. Send it. Send it down here. We'll. Uh, I'll
1: try it. I'll
0: add it to the yeah. shelf. Fuck it. I'll add, I'll have a crab whiskey shelf. It'll just be the one bottle."
1: They say the crabs are cleaned and prepared just like any other crab you might order at a restaurant. Um, They make Uh, a crab stock out out. out of them. Uh, Then they distill the crab stock itself using a vacuum still. Uh, The stock is then mixed with spices like mustard seed, coriander, and cinnamon, then combined with a bourbon base. Uh, They describe it as a thinking, sipping whiskey, meant for you to explore your own perception through your olfactory senses.
0: Okay, I hate when people describe whiskey. God, I fucking hate people describing whiskey. It's the douchiest stuff. Yeah, Explore and sip and savor the flavors of crab while you run slide away into the state where we live free or die. (laughs) Get a little taste of down-home country cooking with our sweet, delicious crab bourbon. Shut the fuck up and pour the whiskey. Yep. Have you been here before? No, I have not. Let me tell you about our restaurant. Shut the <laughs>
1: fuck up. Uh, uh. Well, our last news story is a local story. Which one? Um an Oklahoma man. No, that's you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, made a confession to the police. Of killing a fellow fisherman uh, this past weekend, or maybe it was a week. Because um, he was jinxing him. No. Uh, they said that Larry Sanders, who is the man that is confessing, and Jimmy Knighton had gone noodling in the South Canadian River. Uh, they got into a physical altercation. Larry claimed that while at the river, he discovered Jimmy intended to feed him to Sasquatch slash Bigfoot. Larry Larry indicated that Jimmy attempted to get away from him so that the Sasquatch could eat Larry. Larry would not let Jimmy get away. Larry punched Jimmy and struck him with a stick. They fought for an extended amount of time on the ground, and Larry confirmed that he killed Jimmy by choking him to death near the river. He then drew a map and shared details of where investigators could find his body. They found the body on Sunday. Um. So yeah, this guy killed his fisher, fisher fisherman buddy because he thought the guy wanted to feed him to Bigfoot. I why do why when you were reading the names
0: in my head, I was picturing that they they all referred to themselves in third person. Like, oh, <laughs> Larry's gonna feed Jimmy to the Sasquatch. <laughs> Jimmy's not gonna let Larry feed Jimmy to the Sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jimmy's gonna show Larry
1: what's what. <sighs> Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, you know, it's, it's like, it's like, you know, it's an, it's an official document. So it, it reads weirdly. Of course it does. They all do. I had to write an official yeah. document today. And I had really? to like
0: do that thing. Yeah. Where you're like, uh, 25 parentheses, two 5, and parentheses. Like someone's too fucking stupid to know what 25 means. Wait. And all that kind of stuff.
1: Oh, you had to you typed out you typed it out as a word and then had to yeah, parenthesize the numbers.
0: Yeah. Wow. Cuz I was writing I was writing a legal contract. Uh-huh. For a job that I don't have anymore cuz I'm yeah. the, so that was the other funny thing. Let's uh going back to recapping this week. So I went out to and I thought about bringing this in as an issue but I decided against it. Uh, I went went and did that loadout with you it, there in Tulsa and you know yep. a lot of people were happy to see me because I haven't been there mm-hmm. in a month and uh, yeah. some people not so happy to see me and they just didn't say anything but um, some of the people of one of the guys I was talking to let's call him Jay uh, mm-hmm. he's a fork op and you know he was like oh hey it's good to see you what have, what have you been up to you know and we got to chatting and I was telling him about my new job and everything and 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 he was he was like oh that's great you know it's too bad we lost you but um you know it sounds like you're doing all right so i'm happy for you and i said well yeah thanks i appreciate that he goes you know um now that you're gone they just blame everything on you anything that has that goes wrong it's like oh yeah tab did and then they'll just fill in the yeah. blank and i said yeah that that makes sense i mean i've moved away there's no one to i can't defend myself against it and so it's easier for them to just say like, Oh yeah, that's all tabs fault. Rather than admit that like there are systemic problems that nobody (laughs) has wanted to address for the last, however long. And so then we're chatting more and he said, yeah, but you know what I think makes it a lot more clear that this stuff isn't your fault is that uh, they hired five people to replace you. When they hired that many people to replace a job one person's doing, it means that person was doing way
1: more jobs than they should have been doing. It so. sounds. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, but, I mean, they, at least they fixed that part. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. But, uh, at yeah. least they didn't, they're not, you know, slamming another person down with the five jobs worth of duties and, you know, letting them rot away.
0: Yeah. Um, not, I don't even care anymore because now instead of managing an entire city, I manage a little theater and one show at a time get to spend time at home watching television. It's great. Uh, so anyway, well, uh, this has been
3: the Rakeda news network. Definitely not
0: fake news. Oh, you know what I forgot to do? I forgot to put this uh, banner up for the news, the Ricada news network that I was going to show. Oh, well, but now we can go on to, uh, well, that takes care of a legal obligation this week, but you know, it doesn't take care of Tim. What? Uh, sending boxes of shit to everyone that I used to work with who's been blaming me for all of their <laughs> problems. If you want help me with that you can visit us at patreon.com forward slash HWIDG which stands for Here's what I don't get. Which is the name of the show. And over there, we have five tiers. We have the one buck tier, which gets you early access to each week's episode, plus our monthly minisodes. We have our $2 tier. We throw the random bits and bobs we do now and again. We have our $5 tier. We do our monthly bonus episodes. Here's what I do get, where we drop the hate and talk about what's great. We have our $10 tier, where you, the fans, submit a film. You vote on what film we watch, and we watch and record a feature-length commentary. And then finally, we have our $50 spite producer tier, where you get a say in the show, uh, we just had someone request to have uh, Andy on a couple weeks ago as a as a guest host. Um, I've got another guest host requested via Spike Producing that's probably going to be next week. Um, awesome. So, yeah, well, thank you to all our patrons, big and small. And, you know, we had that voicemail last week saying that we hadn't released anything in all year. And they were mm-hmm. absolutely right to complain because we haven't. But um, last Saturday, I think, I released a mini-sode that we recorded uh, in Tulsa and a bonus episode that we had recorded actually months ago that somehow got like buried in everything else. And so I've got a list now of everything we need to make up and we'll be making those up um, before and after the currently slated end of the series. Yep. So uh, thank you to all our patrons, big and small for supporting the show. You've helped make it possible for nearly six years without you, we wouldn't be doing this. And so we just want to say thank you to everybody, but uh, let's get back to some issues, Tim. On this big episode 294. Here's what I don't get talkbacks. Now, uh, this is a theater one. So, a lot of times in theater, they'll do like shows. It'll be the first time they've done them, or maybe it's like a politically expedient show, or maybe they're just like really hyped about themselves. And they'll do this thing that's a talkback. So, what happens is you go see, a, you go see pay to go see a play or musical okay. or, or whatever. And then you know the show ends they have their like final moment i'm going to go i'm going to go out and become a dentist the lights go down and do a blackout the music starts playing and the lights come back up and everybody's clapping. They come out and bow and you're like, oh, thank God it's over. That was the longest three and a half hours of my entire life. I just have to clap for the next 90 seconds. And then as soon as these house lights go up, I am fucking bolting from here and going to the nearest bar where I'm just <laughs> gonna get hammered because I can't fucking take any of this anymore. And I can't believe my wife or girlfriend dragged me along with this piece of shit. And all oh, here comes the star. And now they're doing their big lineup. And thank God it's over. Woo! And you're about to, you're just bet, you're like ready, you're you're you kind of all you got your jacket in one hand your arms are on the arms of your seat you're ready to just actually you're already standing cuz we just give standing ovations away these yeah, days yeah. but you're ready to just bolt and you're about to turn some guy for the microphone comes out there he's like hey everybody uh, yeah thanks for coming to the show today we're actually gonna do a talk back um, so the cast is gonna get changed back into their regular clothes uh, real quick but um, I- I'm tad bird I'm I'm the director of here's what I'll get here and uh, we just want if you have any questions about the show uh, maybe you wanted to ask before uh, we get the cast out here to ask them some questions and we also have the playwright here uh, the playwrights right here if you want to ask them questions about the th- the show And then you end up sitting there for 30 to 45 minutes while all the morons around you ask simple and, frankly, retarded questions to the people that wrote this. Like, "Uh, yeah, so um, I noticed your play had white people and black people in it and that they were kind of opposed to one another. Uh, What do you think the meaning of that was? Uh, well I was trying to illustrate how white people and black people are different that if we work together maybe we have like it's the same generic cookie cutter stuff. Uh yeah, this is a question um for the actors. Uh what do you do uh to prepare for the role? Uh we did six weeks of rehearsal. <laughs> I learned my lines. Oh, you wanted more than that? Um yeah, you have the like director answering and and but that's the thing is that those those questions are never the simple answer, right? Where it's like, well, uh, yeah. Where did the props come from? Lowe's (laughs) They came from Lowe's. We bought a bunch of styrofoam and carved it into like laser swords. It's, it's always like someone talking about turning it into being about them and their process. And one of the funniest things was that, um, on this. So I did a show that had talked back this week. That's why I'm bringing this in. So the, someone was asking about, the choreography of the scene changes and how they move with the rhythm and like one of the actors answered and then they're like oh let's give it to the choreographer and have her explain how things work and uh and then the director goes oh yeah well also we have backstage staff backstage staff come out here and like one backstage staff person comes out and they're like yay backstage person that's, oh, that's so good then the choreographer's like yeah so actually one of the ways we do this is a lot of and then another backstage person comes out and they're like yay this backstage person the director's like yeah this is a uh, person a this is person b they work backstage okay cool and then the choreographer goes yeah so anyway actually what we do is a lot of them. and then a third backstage person comes out
1: yeah
0: <laughs> she could not get a fucking word out and the director keeps introducing these people like you asked her to explain this and now you've completely ignored what she's saying uh she was the only one that had anything intelligent to say during this specific talk back because 90 percent of the time like i said it's just people being like Well, yeah, I'm a very spiritual person. So I tried to get in like the spirituality of my character and, you know, the director told me what to do a bunch. And I just watching that was, it just makes me grit my teeth every time. And I've had to go to so many of them. When I was in college, we had ACTF respondents to, to our shows. And so in those, and it was like the, it was like a talk back, but there was only one person asking the questions. So you'd have these ACTF respondents come in. They would usually ask a couple of questions to the lighting designer or give the light designer a couple of notes. They mm. would talk to the scene designer for a little bit, and then it would be 35 minutes of actor talk. Yeah. And it, they were excruciating because nine times out of 10, I was the sound designer. They have no idea what I did. And so they would have nothing for me. Uh, I like the music in that one scene. Uh, anyway, back to you guys acting. You're so incredible. Like you're really emoting <laughs> and movement and you're really working on it. And guy who plays the bear, like I really understood that you were a bear with the way you're moving. And meanwhile, I'm just standing there. Like I, I could be doing literally anything else from, from this. And so one night I, and we were required to go to them. So one night I went, I was, I was working my job that I try and make money and I get this call that's like oh by the way the ACTF respondent is actually going to be here tonight not tomorrow night and I had asked for the tomorrow night off so that I could do that fucking not have stupid to do thing. It, do it. Yeah. yeah. And uh so then I they're like yeah you have to be here so I talked to my boss my boss let me leave early I raced the 30 minutes it took me to get back to campus from my work because I worked in Oklahoma city and I went to school in Norman, um, parked, got into the theater just as the show ended and the, the you know, like, all right, here's the respondent. He said nothing to me. It took an hour and 15 minutes. And I was, Jeez. and I, I went to my advisor the next Monday and I said, I'm fucking done. I am not coming to another one of these for the rest of the time I am here. I am not going to waste any more of my fucking time with these people who have no idea what I'm doing and nothing to say to me. Um, I don't give a shit about the actors. The actors are just things that move for my light to hit that they, they, they have their, their purpose. I I'm all in for it, but unless the respondent is going to be someone who actually specializes in the technical side of things, because that's the thing is that, KCACTF respond or ACTF respondents were always like professors from other nearby schools, Texas or Kansas or uh, mm-hmm. Missouri, whatever. And in any theater department, you have like one or two or five design professors. And sometimes you have one person that does it all. Sometimes you have like it's all broken out. Um, but you have like a dozen acting professors. Yeah. You have like yeah clowning and movement and voice and diction and basic acting and Shakespearean acting. And so if you just roll the die of all the, if you just randomly picked from a, out of a hat from all the professors in like the Southwest region of theater at all the colleges that have theater programs, more than half the time, you're going to pull an actor out. And actors don't know how any of our stuff works. So they'd come in there and they would just talk to the actors about acting things. It was a huge waste of time. So there was, I think I went to one more because it was a lighting design professor from another nearby college. And that person, it was the exact opposite. And the actors were all pissed. It was hilarious because <laughs> he was like, Good. I wasn't the lighting designer on that. I was just, I was the sound designer, but he was like asking the lighting designer a bunch of questions. He asked me a few questions. He talked to the scene designer about a bunch of stuff. And he was just kind of like, yeah, I mean, your actors were fine. You know, your are actors. I don't give a shit. And it was great. And um, then if it wasn't, if they wouldn't tell me who was going to be or what they did, I wouldn't go. And of all the times I didn't go only one time was there a note about my design, Nice, which is shocking for the number of shows that I designed while I was in college. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, so I just, I hate talkbacks. You're not that interesting. Actors aren't, you know, Carl came on this show and he brought in an actor podcast and he talked about how actors aren't interesting mm-hmm. and he's absolutely right. Uh, they think they're a lot more interesting than they are. Cause all they're doing is playing yeah. pretend, you know, you and I could get up here and pretend to be on the bridge of the enterprise and act out a little scene. Now, is it going to be as good as someone who's like a professional actor? Probably not. But with you and me, that that's anybody
1: can do it. It's not like a hard thing. Not that not only can anyone do it, but they always make sure that the people on the technical side are forced to take acting classes. That's
0: also true. Yeah. You don't have to like go do a lighting design for a dance program when you're an actor, but you do have to go audition for shows when you're a a designer. Um, It's, and my undergrad program was pretty well balanced in that. Like the actors had to take all of these tech classes and they did have to take a a design course. I think you could, you could choose from between them, but uh, it's, not one of the it's just not anything that anybody actually wants to hear the people that are there are just asking questions because it's awkward to sit there and stare at people and the faster you people stop asking questions like i am pretty sure that you could just write a paper and put it in the playbill like here's to answer all your talk back questions Um, Mm -hmm. if you have something that's not on this list, then you can stay and ask something interesting. The one that I did though, they had the playwright on via zoom and all the questions were to the actors. So this playwright is on a projection screen. He's 10 feet tall. He looks, he looks like this, just staring (laughs) into the, the screen of his laptop while, uh, the, the people are asking questions on stage, uh, visibly growing bored. Just and then someone would talk to him over here, and he'd be be muted and be like, "Yeah, I'm on this talkback." Oh, yeah, they're just asking stupid actor stuff. Nobody could possibly be interested in any of this. I don't even think people realize I'm. Oh, wait, wait, someone's asking something. Oh, they're not talking to me. Sorry, go ahead. It was it was funny. I felt bad for that guy. Yeah. Um. But not so much not because he wrote the play, so he kind of deserves to have his time wasted. I don't deserve to have my time wasted. Nobody asked any questions about, actually, so I wasn't a designer on this, but I did program one solitary element. Like mm-hmm. the the line designer was like, yeah, we need this aquarium. And I said, right, wait, I got you. Check this out. I go on my console and I do one of my favorite effects. Something that I have done dozens of times and I made like water. You know, the little rippling yeah. light of water. One of my favorite little effects that I can build with pretty much any light rig. And she's like, wow, this is so great. And she copy pasted it all over the rest of the show.
1: Nice. <laughs> yeah, nice.
0: So then someone was like, I really liked how there was all the water in the show, like the waving and undulating and stuff. And I said, yeah, I was like, yeah, that was me. That's pretty cool. Someone noticed nice. my cool water design. Yeah. That I got no credit and- for.
1: Well, you know that that's the same thing is it's parroted through you know all of media where the actors are the ones that get all you know when you when when there's a press tour for a movie, it's not the director and the cinematographer going around talking about the movie. I mean, maybe at a at a festival it is, but the press tour is like the top five billed actors, mm-hmm. right? Um, there's no you know. What did James Lipton host? Inside the actor's studio. Inside the actors' studio. Yeah, no one else's studio. It's the actors' studio. Yeah, and
0: if you want, if you want to find that stuff out about like the cinematographer and their what they were looking at, you have to go watch all the besi- behind-the-scenes stuff. But even then, a lot of times it's interviews with a- and the interviews yeah. with actors. It's all no one's ever like. Yeah, the director's kind of a retard and basically functionally illiterate. Mm-hmm. It's always like, oh yeah, uh, Greg is so great. Like he has such a grand vision and he just knows what he wants and he tells us and he's he sees the show in his head before he does it. And you know, it's so great working with Tim because he is you know just he he's such a so giving. And we would be in rehearsal and we would kind of play with these things. And sometimes you were not even sure like, are we working on the show? Or are we just having? Are we just having fun? And and it's just so much dick sucking that becomes to be too much. Uh Yeah. And uh, that's, I, I like watching the behind the scenes stuff on movies to find out about things like, you know, how, how did this, the podcast, how did this get made to me? Yeah. That podcast should be about the process of making a movie, but instead mm-hmm. it's just about like recapping the plot while making unfunny jokes yeah. And that was that was a long time ago. Now it's about uh June Shear talking about being a feminist cunt and be and Paul Shear being completely unlikable and Jason Manzucas being crass. And uh I've I, only
1: ever heard listened to like half of one episode of that show.
0: So you're not was it the Rhinestone episode?
1: It was the no well, uh, aside from that episode. Okay. It was the junior episode. Wow. Yeah, and you were like,
0: these people don't under, don't fundamentally don't understand this movie. <laughs> Because yeah. the, the couple of episodes of that show that I've listened to, I've listened to movies that I either like or know a lot about. And they're like, what even happened in this movie? I don't even know. It's like, were you fucking texting on your phone the entire time, you dumb bitch? Of course they were. Yeah, that's that's the answer. Uh, and So anyway. So yeah, that's my issue. Talkbacks. Like, can you imagine if someone asked us questions about like this episode in the next 35 minutes. <laughs> so when you, uh, when you were ranting on and on, was there a specific person that maybe you were talking about? Yes, there was. Yes, there was. Thank you. Tim, Tim, uh, when you were, when you were talking about material <laughs> goods, uh, what kind of stuff do you think you'll get rid of first? The heaviest stuff. Leave me alone. You hopefully. with <laughs> <his gun. laughs> Uh, Tim, did you know? Did you know that you moved several guns into my house? No. No, they were
1: totally hidden. I had them completely camouflaged. Nice. Pretty well done, if I
0: do say so myself. Yeah,
1: you, you, usually it's hard to hide a gun in a Blu-ray case, but you did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, uh, actually, so that box was uh it wasn't my Blu-rays. That was my bowling balls. I don't know why the box oh. got labeled Blu-rays. It's so stupid. <sighs> Uh, Duh. I probably because yeah. they both start with B's. I was like, Bull-o-ray. now I got to redo
1: my whole issue. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tim, what's your second issue this week? Uh, here's what I don't get. <coughs> Highway driving. Now tab, you do a lot of, uh, inter and intrastate driving. Yes. Uh, here and there. You, you really like doing it. Uh, my question is why? Uh, cause I'm good at it. Yeah, you're good at it, but you know who isn't good at it? Anybody else? Everyone else. Yeah, everyone else sucks at it. Um, and I know you, you like you. You come back from these trips, and you'll you'll give me like the you know oh this guy was I was behind this guy and he wouldn't move over, and I was behind this guy and he was you know being slow. Um, that's ninety nine percent of highway driving. Yeah, no, that's the thing is the stories that I'll tell are like that
0: top 1% of people that are bad at it. But there are like nine other cars that were just cruising in the left lane for no fucking reason that also drive me nuts, but not in so much that I want to go like, ah, the you guys. It's not share
1: worthy. It's, it's the mundane. It's the mundane, but, but it's the, uh, it's not just the mundane. It's the, um, it's the norm now. Uh, you know, I, you know, I was on the, we were on the, me and Chuck and Chuck and on the road for about 12 hours the last, you know, you know, Monday, Tuesday, I guess it was Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Or Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever it was, um, about 12 hours total. And, uh, like 11 and a half of that was spent, uh, in the left lane waiting for the person in front of us to eventually go faster than the semi truck in the right lane. Yeah. And I, (coughs) um, you, so when you're highway driving, right, you see a lot more semis. Um, and we came across this patch of land in Missouri that we called dead tire mile Because for a solid full mile and like stretching out, like getting great, like a gradient, you know, lower lower and lower Mm -hmm. after that was about a full solid mile of just destroyed tires on the road. I'm talking dozens and dozens of destroyed tires in a one mile stretch. Someone probably blew up with some tires. (laughs) For the fourth? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, How do I want to know? How we have a couple of people that are truckers that listen to the show. Yeah. And I'm speaking directly to them. Um why? (laughs) (laughs) I think the answer is very simple is the money. But uh but not not just why you're a trucker, but like how and why do you lose
0: so many tires, yeah. 704 750 9434. Tell us why you lose so many tires. I it was, uh, it was gobsmacking. The thing to me with that highway driving, so on the way back, I was driving this U-Haul that was loaded down with mm-hmm. all my stuff. And so, Fred Rush, one of the listeners to the show and big con- contributor to the See You Next Tuesday podcast network, uh, he, he and I have had like conversations, we've talked about struggles of highway driving. And one of the things he's talked about how is that it's always annoying. You'll, you'll get next to the semi truck and on the downhills, you'll have more weight, so You'll go faster, but on the uphills, yeah, yeah. he has less weight so he can accelerate up and you end up, ends up driving you crazy. And I never experienced that because I'm always just going faster than the trucks are until I was driving this big U-Haul. And I, there was a solid two hours where there was this one semi truck that I kept like uphill he would beat me and the uphill I would beat him and downhill he would beat me and we just kept trading positions and passing one another and it was making me fucking crazy. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's to me, I think maybe it's because I'm wired differently like There's a zen of the highway driving. I hate the city driving where you're stopping and going and you're mm-hmm. like fucking people are turning in and out constantly. I like the zen of just you setting the cruise control, finding that speed that is like the perfect balance between speeding and not getting caught and that your car is not going to explode and kind of riding in that coast zone as far and as, as fast as you can. Like I love... I love taking these road trips where I get in the car and it says, you know, 17 hours to Nashville and mm-hmm. it, you'll arrive at 4 PM. And then I arrive at Nashville having stopped for gas twice and eaten food. And it's like three 15. Yeah. So I shaved off all of my stops plus, plus a bonus. And uh, there's something like making good time. Like George Costanza is just as, just as fun as getting there. Uh, and I think that's mm. yeah, maybe maybe that's why I may, I am not as bothered by it, by the mundane. And also it's like, my dad is really, I don't know if trucking and tucking is like this, but my dad won't pass people on the right, which makes me nuts. Cause I'll just pass. No, If I'm, no, he's not if like I'm cruise control on and I'm going fast than this person, they're in the right lane for the left lane. For no fucking reason, I'll pass them on the right. No problem.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but I wish, that especially I had when like you're a, like, when
1: you're not, if you're not going to crazy, if you're not going, you're not speeding like crazy. Mm-hmm. I wish I had like a slow. side
0: firing shotgun that when I drove past someone like that, I could fire out the side of my car and just pepper their the side of their door. So when someone passes them again, they're like, ah, oh, that guy got passed on the right because they were driving too fucking slow <laughs> in the left lane.
1: Here's the other thing I was I was thinking about the tires. Right now, you could make the argument that. Because trucks have more tires, there's there are more tires to like blow mm-hmm. on the road. Yeah, but how often are do you see like regular car tires blown on the road? I
0: don't know. It's mostly truck tires like, because they're they're made differently than ours.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Our tires made are terrible, disposable. You can like retread. Um, you can retread semi truck tires.
1: I don't think they last that long based on (laughs) just the pure percentage of the ones on the road. Uh, I've seen
0: I do hate when like you
1: come across
0: the hill and there's a big piece of tire in the middle of the road and you got to swerve suddenly Mm -hmm. to dodge it or the car in front of you, like sees it and swerves last second and you're kind of too close. And yeah,
1: someone should make um, a video game that is like Mad Max highway driving With your car shotgun, the like the Winter Soldier uh, disc grenade thing. God, that would be great. All the various car weapons we've talked about through the years.
0: Yeah, that would be a a cool game. And then like if you're in the left lane for more than a mile and there's no cars and there are no cars in the right lane or you're not appreciably gaining on a car ahead of you, your car just explodes and you lose the game. (laughs) i wonder if if that's like the future uh if the future of driver's ed involves a vr game where you like oh absolutely you think about the simulators that we had when we were in school simulator uh yeah the the, uh, the simulators uh yeah Yeah. the those were basically worthless we so when in high school we both took driver's ed through our school and they had these simulators where you literally watched like a video and you were supposed to just mm-hmm. mimic the actions of what was happening in the video, but there was absolutely yeah. no haptic feedback. Like the wheel didn't
1: feed no. itself back to center. The, the brakes had you, no you, feeling. <laughs> so, and you had no like sense of what position your car was in. That too. And so you could, you could, you know, vary lightly
0: accelerate and follow hand over hand every turn and signal everyone or you could just jam the gas pedal full down and spin the wheel fully to one side and fully to the other and then slam the brakes over and over again <laughs> and both people would end up with the same score at the end of the day same score because they made yep. no fucking sense but I'm thinking you take that basic uh, layout right it's, ba- it's basically just a glorified you know racing sim you yeah. slap a VR goggle headset on there. Now you can see your gauges and everything. And you drop someone in a virtual world where you can like say, all right, this guy's going to pull out in front of him. And you could have a much better driving simulator. And you could make it where if you drive on the highway for too long in left lane, your car explodes until it just kind of... The way we've buried into people's heads The click it or ticket. we need like... Mm-hmm. Left lane passing only. We need some rhyme that people can remember so they'll get the fuck out of the left lane and stop impeding the flow of everything. That's why I like areas. One of the only things I like about California is that California has a a semi-truck speed limit of 55 miles an hour while the rest of the highway is 70 or 65 or whatever. So (laughs) the trucks all just line up going 55 and that's fine and cars are able to cruise on past them. I've I've said it many times. We need two fucking roads, a road for us and a road for them. Both of us would be happier because then you don't have one of the places on my drive back up to St. Louis. I'm coming down a Hill where it narrows down to one lane and a semi truck just blasted by everyone on the left and then merged over at the very last second, ran two cars off the road. I would have been one of them, but I saw what he was doing and slowed way the fuck down before that. Uh, and I was just like, how do you still have a trucker's license? Yeah. Put them on their own roads, put us on our own roads and let's separate but equal. We need, we need a <laughs> land for the the cars and a land for the truckers. The way when you pull into a truck stop, it'll be like autos only trucks enter here, no cars. You know, we've already got it started. We just need to continue <laughs> further. further. Yeah. That's a great issue, Tim. I um, I can't wait for you to have to drive back up here again in a few weeks. Yeah. For our, for the big finale of the show. We're going to do it live in person out here. But uh, this time you're taking a Greyhound bus. <laughs> 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 Actually, it would probably be less stressful because you'd just be in the back probably. of the bus reading and completely yeah. oblivious to whatever the driver was doing up ahead. Well, uh, that wraps it up for episode 294 of Here's What I Don't Get. Um, I'm Ted
1: Burt. I'm Tim the Handle Breaker. Until next time. See ya.
0: If you want to call in the Here's We Get Holland, call us at 704-750-9434 and tell us what you don't get. Or you can leave us a voicemail on the Discord under voicemail upload. Didn't look like we had any of those today, but we do have a bunch of voicemails on the uh, voicemail hotline. Here's our first one.
4: Hey, boys. Steven up here in Montana. Here's what I don't get.
3: Wildly inaccurate dialogue options in video games. Playing through Mass Effect Legendary, I got two examples for you. Your option is, it's good to
4: see you. What he actually says, Gareth, what are you doing here? Or, here's an option. Status report. Now, instead he says, what the hell just happened? The first option would work. I want to say that. Click on the thing that I want to say and say that.
0: I don't get it. Just like Fallout 4.
1: Sarcastically, yep. I'm in charge <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they why they bother putting the wrong like input in when they know what yeah is coming out of the mouth. you have the script
0: i you would think that it would <laughs> yeah. be a very simple thing to to patch, but uh who knows uh here's one for you Tim, I have an idea so. I think
4: I can speak for all of us that uh, you've grown on us uh, when you became a host after Buck left, like a huge faggot. However, you took up the slack, and you're awesome. You contributed to the show greatly, and I don't say that lightly. One of your, one of your great segments is uh, was reading the news, I'm finding hilarious stories from around the world, and you're wonderful at delivering the news. So if uh, HWI do-do has to end, I think Tim should start a new podcast on the See You Next Tuesday network. Or you give us a weekly 20-plus-minute podcast and tell us the news. You can be the host of the Ricada News Network and tell us all sorts of hilarious and glorious things. So, yeah, even start a Patreon for it. I'll sub it. The RNN show. Also, speaking of Patreon, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, please keep that going. Now that the show is ending, I'm going to start listening to all of the bonus content that I have access to, but I just haven't really listened to any of it, so. I want to start doing that. So keep all that stuff up.
0: Yeah. Let me see if there's a way to n- not take donations, but do. I believe so. I, I You should be able to just keep your um, private RSS feed and all that stuff will, should be available. So yeah, no, no intentions to delete any of that.
3: Hey guys, got a great idea for a new drinking game for the podcast. Every time you guys say tchotchke, take a freaking shot. Play with a buddy of mine in this uh, episode 293. He just died of alcohol poisoning.
0: Tchotchke? Did we say tchotchke again? a lot in the last episode? I guess so. yes so. Well, wouldn't want to say in tchotchke too much on this one. Otherwise, another buddy might die.
1: He must have been the guy that was have living in boys. the air compressor
0: before me because he left some weird shit behind. We got another one. Hey, Tim. Hey, Tab. There's something I've been wanting to bring up for a while.
4: You both talked about the Terminator 2 being the perfect movie, one of the best movies of all time, or at least one of the best sequels of all time. Well,. I did enjoy the movie, but I didn't think that it compared to the first movie. The first movie packed a punch. We had a killer machine go out and take out anybody who stood in his way. As for the second movie, we had a squeaky voice kid and and a Terminator who really didn't kill anybody. The first movie, the Terminator killed about 40 people, give or take. But the second movie, he didn't kill anybody. It even The movie even rubbed it in your face when he had that awesome shootout with the cops, with the minigun. Boney was done. There was 0.0 casualties. So why was the second Terminator even called Terminator? Why was it not called Sensitive Bitch Robot? Also, why was it called Judgment Day? That didn't happen until the third movie. Even in that movie, the Terminator didn't kill anybody. The Terminator in, uh, Salvation didn't kill anybody either. All he did was give John Connor his scars. Or fuck, uh, fuck me, that fifth movie where they were supposed to have that, um, awesome, uh, oh, awesome Arnold versus Arnold fight, which happened to end, uh, end with a, a fucking sniper shot to the chest of the one Terminator after that stupid fucking line where he said, I've been waiting for you. you. You'll not be needing any clothes. Oh, (sighs) such, such bullshit. Anyways, uh, that Terminator didn't kill anybody either. They just had some like jerk off moment in that movie where they're loading up magazines um, with ammo while staring each other down, and that movie was also a waste of um, J.K.
1: Simmons. That wasn't. Then finally, we get. I forgot he was in the movie.
4: We get uh, Dark Fate, I think it was called. Yeah. Uh, The Terminator walks out of the water and shoots John Connor and kills him. He comes out and kills a fucking kid. Holy shit. Shit. Murders that squeaky-voiced fuck. The first Terminator had 40-plus kills. Terminator Dark Fate had one kill. Therefore, Dark Fate is the best Terminator sequel. (laughs) (laughs)
0: well the the mexican robot guy he kills like all those ice agents
1: yeah that's that's the difference is that the first movie the terminator is the bad guy yeah from then on it's terminator versus it's each side has you know their own terminator yeah yeah i um
0: i i think what makes terminator 2 the the a perfect movie is that it has a kid in it And you don't wish he would fall into the lava at the end. And that's really saying something for a film that has a child actor in it. I mean, just think about uh, the Goonies. How much did I want the caves to cave in and kill little Sean (laughs) Aston? A lot. Well, Here's here's another one. Uh, Some sage. Hey, guys, it's Sage.
4: Here's what I don't get. Clearly old cunts. Who work in shitty pizza shops and think that a $25 pizza is expensive. And then they get butt hurt that I say that they work at Papa John's. And also they get butt hurt that I didn't listen to in their inane ramblings. So, also, uh, buddy, you basically have the same job as Dead Helm. So, that alone should make you want to kill yourself. So, <laughs> fuck you. Uh, tell me where you live. All right. Holy shit, Dead Elm. I never thought I'd ever enjoy one of your voicemails, and now you've got me laughing myself to tears. Uh, I hope you do get to beat the shit out of Sage. After that, <laughs> I hope you do get to
0: fuck his mother. Uh, they're going to team up. Hell, I yeah. would yeah.
4: even like to drive out there just to watch the fight, too. Uh, Keep up the great uh, energy, Dead <laughs> You'll be Sage's stepdad in a week. It's a
0: two-on-one, spit-swapping cage match. <laughs> yep. No, spit-swapping makeout match. <laughs> uh, hey, guys. Deadhelm here,
3: and uh, listening to this week's episode of Pure's, uh no, W-H-D-P. Yeah, same fucking letters, just rearranged. Not uh, even close. You know, I've noticed uh, something that this newer generation does. Uh, newer generation of guys.
0: There's only one letter that's between both shows. W. <laughs> And it's their first letter, and it's our second letter. W A T P H W I D G. I guess it's the, there's like a rhyme there in the W I D G, W A T P, but we have a hut on the front. Quad up.
3: It's like, you know, the people that were, that are like, I'm 01, right? born in 01. They're born 02, and they do this, like, male vocal fry. So they talk like this, and they're like, oh my God, it'd be so hot to throw his like, bro, fucking, doesn't matter if the flame is like this, bro, just fucking talk, you know? Don't talk, don't fucking be like, uh, well, you know, I can't do it because I'm currently trying to talk to the truck speaker and drive at the same time, but, you know, like this very deep, croaky voice, like you're fucking the emperor or something, like, bro, go up. Throw the fuck up. Just admit that your voice ain't that deep and fucking stop acting like a fucking pretty boy on your fucking tic tacs. Uh, stay serious. Oh, wait, uh, also, uh, I have receded
1: my uh, half-off thing.
0: I'm down. Thanks. What? I don't know. Uh, I, I, I didn't I, understand
1: I, that last bit. We'd have to probably re-listen to the, his voicemail from last week. Thanks, hey, Sage.
4: Uh, also, Dead Helm, we are not doing a fucking WWE fake bullshit thing. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you and your fucking saggy ass wrestling bullshit. It's a real fight. A physical fight. Not fucking wrestling. Alright,
0: bye. Chainsaws! <laughs> explosions! explosions, John Cena! <laughs> uh, Triple H! <laughs> never not funny. It's never, it'll never not be funny. I literally saw I was driving. I got bored. I listened to that and Black Angus back to back.
1: <laughs> Speaking of, uh, uh, trucking and tucking was telling, was like expanding on a story. He's, he's, I, I thought he had told you, it. uh, I'm pretty sure he has, but, um, he, 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 at, at his work, he gets, uh, there's a guy that calls a lot. Yeah. He's like real creepy. <laughs> yeah. Cause, oh, he, he mentioned it cause he was listening to the creep off. Um, wait, wait, trucking and tucking is lifting the creep off now too. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, but he's got this guy that is creepy guy that calls at work. And, um, it's this, it's this Mexican guy that, you know, he gets to call and he's like, hello, I pay you for <laughs> six. <laughs> it, it, he he just uses their number too. And he, he will just go on and on and like not hang up. Yeah. And so, um, he he told he told everyone else in the call center like if that guy calls send him route him over to me, and he put the John Cena theme on blast on repeat. <laughs> and he said the guy the guy withstood it for a lot longer than anyone you you think anyone we should could. be able to. Yeah, uh, this is the last one.
4: Oh, yeah, one more thing dead hell. Sage will never do it. He'll never visit uh, to fight you, ever. Not he, anybody who challenges him, he will never, never follow through with it. Why? Because he's an Internet tough guy. He we, we talks shit, uh, but that's all he can do. He'll never do it. Sage will never fucking do it. You remember some of his voicemails. Uh, uh, he clearly expresses how lazy he is and uh, his fucking back pains, complaining about uh, people who cannot walk another 50 feet to uh, an intersection intersection crosswalk, while at the same time he complains about not having access to handicapped parking because he cannot walk another 20 feet from his parking spot into work. Guy's incredibly fucking lazy. Sage, you are lazy. You contradict yourself so much over the fucking years. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing.
2: I feel like we have to. uh,
4: Congratulations, Ted Helm. You have a perfect uh, fighting record.
1: I feel like we have to book a a venue. I think, I mean, I feel like it's
0: getting that close. And do episode 300 live from a boxing ring. And whoever shows up is the de facto winner. (laughs) So Sage is the only one standing there, he's the winner. If Dead Helms the one standing there, he's the winner. Mr. Kill Everything, it'll be great. We'll just have all the fights that we could ever want. So, uh, yeah, those are all our voicemails this week. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Get your voicemails in for the uh, big finale coming up here in another month or so. Who's going to have the final voicemail? Here's what I'll get. Hmm. Keep in mind, I play all the voicemails, but I don't necessarily play them in order. So I typically kind of bounce around. If someone's called in a bunch of times in a row, I'll split their voicemails up. So, uh, yeah, get those voicemails in base. Brian just asked on the YouTube, can the voicemail continue as its own podcast? (laughs) We'll just, we'll just set up a way that you call into Google voice and it uploads a YouTube video of our logo with whatever your voicemail is. And you guys can fight back and forth for the rest of time. So, uh, anyway, here I'm going to, I'm going to zoom out. And by zoom out, I mean move the camera slightly back. And now people can kind of see a little bit more of the full scope of my debauchery when it comes to alcohol. I've got these like all sorted. You can't see the top of this, but it's Oklahoma and world Whiskies. Then I have three rows of bourbon, Japanese whiskey, Canadian whiskey. And on the other side, I have two rows of scotch, a thing of rye, a half a shelf of, of around the world whiskies. Uh, American whiskey that's not bourbon, and then on the bottom is uh, Irish whiskey.
1: Weird. I don't see that Indian whiskey we tried on there on the shelf there.
0: That's in the uh, internationals. Oh. let uh, both of these. The Paul John that was terrible and the Amrit fusion that was not so bad. Paul John, this here's another bottle. This bottle will live on the shelf, never opened again, because it should not
1: be served to human beings. I mean, it shouldn't be served to, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give that to a dying, a man dying of thirst in the desert. Yeah.
0: I would give it to someone who uh, works for a call center though, because those people are all pieces of shit. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, yeah. So, hey, you? Thank you everybody for listening to the show <laughs> and uh, until next week, I'm Ted Burt. I'm Tim the Handlebreaker. See ya. Bye.